0: Let's talk weather.
1: Welcome into B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And this is a special edition of B-Squared. We were with you guys on Sunday as this severe weather outbreak really got going. If you go back and listen to the show, you know, Bonnie and I were enamored by storms that were going through Yazoo City, Mississippi. We were watching the Weather Channel. Uh, We were tracking lightning and radar images and... Comprehensive overlays of gosh, velocity data and everything that we wanted and we looked for in a severe weather outbreak, but we were a little bit too soon and we knew that was probably gonna happen when we taped the show. And that's why we're doing this show now to kind of recap what happened Sunday. But uh Bonnie, by the time that you and I got done talking about this on Sunday, uh the action really started to ramp up and then through the night this thing not only verified, but it got a little bit worse than we thought probably it would be.
0: Oh, yeah. Like it, it did not slow down at all. And it just blew through. I don't even know, six, seven, eight states and just caused ridiculous damage, loss of life, impressive pictures and video. I'm just amazed at that whole event and that it happened in a less than two day period, basically.
1: Right. And we'll we'll talk about on, on our normal show coming up on Sunday here just in a couple of days, um, kind of what had happened on Monday. But, you know, we really want to jump into this whole thing because this is, you know, really important when we had talked on Sunday. And then, you know, you saw the Twitter stuff on uh, Thursday, starting really Thursday, SPC put out, you know, the watch and just saying, hey, this area could be really favorable. And of course, that uh, definitely started to ramp up Friday. Saturday, and I think by Saturday we had a pretty good idea that Sunday it was going to be pretty nasty. Um, yes. And so when you look at what SPC put out, and then now we take what has happened in the official amount of roughly of over a thousand storm reports. Wow. Which for any given day, you know, or any given event, you look at, man, this is you know must have been a big deal. This really was. Ten uh, percent of the total reports were tornado reports. So
0: which I think there was one hundred and forty one.
1: Yeah, total. And uh, the revamp number that we see through SPC right now is ninety seven. And again, that that totally makes sense that that number is very fluid because one storm report, you know, or one spotter report, uh, say from we'll make up a name of um, Bonnie County. Bonnie County, Tennessee, had you know three spotters in it. One was on the north side of the storm, another was on the south side of the storm. They both call in that storm at a little bit, say, different times. That's two storm reports, but come to find out, it's the same storm. So you'll take that and wrap it into one report. But mm-hmm. tornado reports 97, uh, high end wind reports none, but that was interesting. So the, the thing about that is, okay, wind's over, I believe, 72 miles an hour considered the high, but you had 866 wind reports. Wow. So that's a lot. And, you know, we saw the wind damage, obviously, the tornado damage, yes, but the wind damage was a key component of this. One report of large hail, but still 41 reports of hail. Um, And I want to talk to you about this because this is where kind of Oklahoma gets tied in here. We watched on Sunday this line of storms form to your west. By the time that they went through Moore and Oklahoma City and Norman proper, they had fizzled out. But that was kind of the catalyst to kick off these storms that were later on in the afternoon. This is the one that dropped the large hail. And correct me if I'm wrong, the hail component of this was more because of that rush of cold air coming in right and keeping the hail aloft versus, you know, the more wind and the tornado reports were more of the actual like low moving through, right?
0: I mean, I would say, yes, it was, it was just a strong updraft. That's what would cause really big hail and the updraft being really strong, just keeps bringing the hail back up to the top of the storm and back up again to get another layer of ice basically. And so the stronger the updraft, the bigger the hail. Okay. All right. So it's whatever influenced the updraft.
1: Okay. Um, And so we saw a lot of the hail reports early, Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana, and Arkansas. A little bit as it finally moved into Mississippi, but that's kind of where the cutoff was. Uh Um, We started to get a lot of wind reports, Arklatex region, northern uh, Mississippi, southern Alabama, southern, most of the state of Georgia, most of South Carolina, most of North Carolina wind reports. But when we look at the 82 or 92 or how many storms, and these tornado reports keep updating, by the way, so we're getting this information in real time. Now it's up back to 97. So whoever's looking at this and actually updating this in real time as we're taping this this afternoon um, here on Tuesday, they're doing uh, live updates. But, you know, we saw this line of storms move through, and we first started getting these tornado warnings in eastern Texas into Louisiana, and then it progressed – In this very, you know, defined bow shape, you know, just looking at the tracks of these. And Bonnie, these storms kicked off, and these things were not short lived tornadoes. A lot of these were long track tornadoes.
0: Yeah, long track. A couple spots had multiple tornadoes go through the same region or the same area. And yeah, a lot of them were pretty big. And there's just some incredible video and pictures of like forest area that all these trees these big trees are just sheared off at the base houses are destroyed there was one house that was picked up and set down in a street I mean I'm just I can't even it's just been it was crazy just watching that and it like you said went through the whole night and that's even scarier is to have that kind of stuff happening in the middle of the night
1: right there's no doubt about it Um, You look at the storm reports coming through, you know, Texas kind of kicked it off early and then we said it progressed off to the east. Lots of EF1s, Mm -hmm. lots of EF2s, a handful of EF3s, a couple EF4s. And again, these are all preliminary ratings. Nothing has been set in concrete yet. I know the National Weather Service, those guys are still out there trying to determine the overall extent. Um, You know, we know that So So Mississippi was hit really hard. Uh, we know that uh, Macon, Mississippi was hit hard. So uh, when you start seeing these things and when you go look to if you go on the SPC page and you look at the storm reports, anytime that they start putting asterisks in, and text in red is not a good sign because that's usually a sign of either fatality or injuries. But you start wow. reading these two fatal tornado began in far northeast Walthall County near um so so mississippi quickly moved across was a large wedge okay and it began snapping large hardwood branches um and then you go through down here major damage to trees and homes damage to trees and power poles destroyed a building emergency manager reported quite a few homes damaged in northern uh waffle county again in mississippi near so so um short-lived tornado northward along a county road causing different type of debris again another ef1 and then you just keep going down through and you read all the stuff, snapped. Office reports a fatality in northern uh, Waltha County. Numerous injuries. Many homes are flattened, continue to be updated. Uh, EF1, again, alongside a, a road. Short-lived EF1. Uh, some reports of trees down. 11 residences damaged. And you start building this thing, and you're like, man, this is just insane. And it's like... Uh, t- even, you know, two miles north of Tuscaloosa County, uh, NWS meteorologist with assistance of the Tuscaloosa police helicopter team confirmed a tornado with peak EF1 intensity. Tornado began in the North River area and then just all the stuff and just like EF1s, EF2s um, peak track two and a half miles peak, you know, with 350 yards. These were not small storms. Yeah, okay, an EF-1, and EF-0, it's going to still do some damage. But once you start putting the 2s and the 3s and the 4s together, you know at this mm-hmm. point it's a big deal. Uh, South Carolina had an EF-3 tornado. Storm survey reported one fatality. Again, another fatality um, in the same county. Storm survey reported that a tornado was on the ground for two miles. Uh, and another EF-2. Uh, homes damaged, trees snapped. Uh, in an area around Marietta, South Carolina, um, based on radar, could be a tornado. So, you know, it, it's unbelievable. Orangeburn County, South Carolina, two fatalities, seven injured. Long track tornado produced EF3 damage with peak winds of 140 miles an hour. Um, on, uh, Preserver Road near Livingston, where a double wide home was destroyed. And so you have all this information coming in, another EF2 in Anson, North Carolina. Tornado lifted a mobile home from its foundation and rotated 180 degrees. Like You you just read the stuff and you're just like, there's no way this happens. But, Bonnie, in an outbreak like this, it's it's way too common.
0: It really is. I mean, we're getting into that season where it is, and that was a very strong, cold front, strong ball of energy that came through and – I mean, it wreaked havoc across basically half the country. And I mean, like I said, this is the season. It's starting right now. And I hope everyone's using this time and this event to get prepared. Because you have to. This can happen anywhere. Yeah.
1: You know, this is, as you said, this is the prime example of now that we are into the storm season. And, let, you know, let's not confuse people every every season, the storm season. Right. We see tornadoes in the south mm-hmm. and the Midwest now kind of, you know, consistently within two windows of time. You know, your early chase season, in your spring, the changeover from winter to spring and then again from spring into uh, or from fall, you know, summer into fall, fall into winter, kind of that that time. But mm-hmm. Tornadoes can happen anytime and it doesn't matter where in the country you are. That's why we you know, we want you to be prepared because that is the most important thing that you can do you aren't if you're not prepared and something happens you are now behind the eight ball and you now have to catch up to those that are are one not only prepared but two are now able to kind of move forward with life and you don't want to be that person you want to be prepared you want to have an emergency plan in place you want to be you know prepared in the event something happens so please 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 take 10 minutes do some research on the internet Um, follow us on you know, Facebook and Twitter, we are weather ready nation ambassadors. Click on our link, click on the thing that we tag for the ready, uh, for the weather ready nation stuff. It will give you a, you know, a link and things that you can do to be prepared because honestly, that's what we want you to do. We want you to be ready in the event something happens.
0: Yes. And, and two main takeaways right now, um, If you rely on public shelter right now, you need to figure out which ones are open, which ones are closed. Because right now, I mean, this is special circumstance. Normal seasons, normal years, you wouldn't have to worry. But this year, it's something you need to be prepared for. And the other thing is, if you live in a mobile home, you got to know where you're going to go. Because I saw some scary pictures of mobile homes where all that was left was the stairs that lead up into it and the mobile home was just smashed behind it off its foundation. And there was, I mean, just so scary. So a mobile home is not an option. It's not an option.
1: It is not. And again, you made the point, you need to seek out your shelter. And yes, we understand with everything that's going on social distancing and making sure you're wearing PPE out in public. Again, I I know that you saw the pictures as I have, People in shelters in Alabama and Mississippi, trying to be six feet apart. Okay, we we still absolutely want you to do that. That's the right thing to do. But you know, if if for some reason you can't, it's gonna be okay. Again, I would rather have you live through a tornado and then worry about the possible effects of maybe you do catch the coronavirus versus you dying in a tornado where it doesn't matter in the end if you catch the coronavirus
0: exactly deal with the immediate threat yep. first yep and the th- tornado yep. is coming so that's what you need to worry about right now
1: the other thing that i wanted to talk about you know besides these tornadoes being long track tornadoes there were so many here where you looked at different you know either it was a picture of you know a velocity map or you looked at a um Gosh, you know, like, say, a radar loop, and all this stuff was just kind of like, oh, my gosh, you know, what's really happening? Well, this was textbook, and it Uh wasn't, you know, this wasn't necessarily a, let's say, a classic hook echo superstorm. A lot of these tornadoes were stuff that were on the edges of, of... uh you know the line that was moving through and you sat there and you're just like okay this is you know this can't necessarily be the same thing well yeah it is you get these kinks in these lines of storms and mm-hmm. this is what we were kind of thinking would happen. we were thinking that you'd get the initial wave get the lines first get the tornadoes there and then it would start to maybe pop out into supercells well it's exactly what it did but you look at the velocity maps you look at the um, reflectivity stuff, and you look at it and you're like, okay, I mean, there's definitely, there were definitely signs of tornadoes, but from just that initial look, it didn't look bad. But down below, underneath, we could tell the conditions were ripe, and we knew that this probably would be big, but uh, I don't know if we expected it to be this big.
0: Right. And I mean, it was huge. And I think the the Storm Prediction Center said that. Right. In a 24-hour period, so from Sunday overnight into Monday, they had issued 141 separate tornado warnings. Right, that's a lot.
1: That is a lot. Um, if you have not seen it yet, and I know that we had tweeted this out, we will retweet it here on the Weather Podcast page. Um, Nash from Nashville, Nash Weather on Twitter. This dude is great. He takes a lot of stuff. He's big into radar scope, and he records all these things and he shows and he, you know, he uh, posts the videos on his page. So, southern Mississippi had two tornado emergencies roughly 100 miles apart. Okay? or Actually, less than 100 miles apart, but they stretched for 100 miles apart. Basically, go through the same area back to back. And you can go through and you can watch the reflectivity and you can watch the velocity scans on this thing. And, Bonnie, to look at the velocity scans of these two storms. And, yes, you see the classic hook echo on these two storms form. But the velocity was so incredibly impressive. And these were two long-track tornadoes. They were on the ground for a long time. They did a lot of damage. Thankfully, they didn't hit a lot of populated areas. But, man, the city of Collins, Mississippi got lucky. We had one tornado miss it to the south, and then the next one came through and missed it to the north. Wow. And that's, Yeah, that
0: would have been bad.
1: That's just insane to me. That's absolutely insane
0: to me. It is. It is insane. And... I think a lot of major metropolitan areas were spared. I think Birmingham had stuff all around it and nothing really went directly through it. I mean, other than storms, but as far as like tornadoes and stuff was right around it. But I don't know, whenever you look at the storm reports and the risk areas, the moderate enhanced slight, it's spot on to me, spot And I'm just impressed and thankful like this really saved people. And I keep thinking that it being on a weekend and it being during a pandemic probably did save a lot of lives.
1: Agreed. People would have been out and about recreating, maybe Mm -hmm. not around their phone or a TV or radio. Or they would
0: have been at school and work during the week, you know, if there wasn't pandemic going on. And I think it being Easter, a lot of people were together. So People had more access to shelter and stuff because they were with family who may have had shelters, you know? So I think that, that that was probably a good thing. I know there were fatalities, but I do think it could have been a lot worse. So that's, I think that's one silver lining to look at when it comes to this pandemic that's going on.
1: Right. Uh, I had retweeted earlier a, a photo from Brian Smith. He's a supercell IGTOR, supercell investigator on Twitter. And it's a vegetation from Sunday's storm as it went through a town, uh, a couple counties in Mississippi. You literally can see the vegetation scar from space.
0: Wow. I'm going to have to go look at that. That is is crazy. Uh,
1: I've retweeted it. I'll retweet it over here on Weather Podcast here in a minute. But, man, it just, it was insane. It was a
0: very impressive day. A very impressive day. And that. Is kickoff, you know, to the season, so I hope everybody is thinking now about what they need to be doing, especially here in Oklahoma, because we're next in line for our season to get going. So people around here especially start thinking about where you're going to go if something happens.
1: Right. Uh, Apparently they were planning to launch a balloon out of Jackson, Mississippi, 21Z, but it ended in a failure. Um. So occasionally balloon launches They do this during severe weather They'll constantly launch balloons Just to kind of help get that You know 3D profile of the atmosphere But this one failed Um. And Evan Bentley from SPC We've talked about Evan a lot on the show Um. He's really great on social media Posts a lot of really good stuff uh, And has contributed some stuff to the show When we've asked But he said you know It would have shown great evidence Of why this thing turned the corner Around uh, 20Z So um. Again, I think we need, looking at stuff like this going forward, we need more balloon launches. We need a better profile of the atmosphere. Uh, and then did you hear that one of these storms picked up debris and tossed it twenty-five to 35,000 feet into the air?
0: No. Oh, yeah. my gosh.
1: Seven, you know, miles. Four to five to miles six miles, miles up.
0: Yeah. That is a very long way up. It you is. Know? So that's the storm sucking in air. Which is what's making it breathe and giving it life. So if it's breathing in trees and houses and shooting it up that high, just imagine how strong that wind is.
1: Right. It's it's just Jeez. unbelievable. So man, we know we, we wanted, you know, we want a storm season to be active. We want to be able to be out and chase it and to study storms and to look at it. Obviously we don't like the loss of life. And, you know, I know my thoughts and prayers are with those. Families who are not only dealing with COVID-19, but you know those who have lost people uh, from you know Easter Sunday and, and the super outbreak. It's not what you want. You don't want to be, you know, one of those numbers. Unfortunately, sometimes it just happens. Either you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, or, or whatever. But this is why we stress that if you live in a mobile home, we just talked about it. A, a tornado, a very weak tornado, picked it up and spun it 180 degrees. Like that—that that to me blows my mind. That alone wouldn't uh, would tell me never buy or never live in a mobile home. I get. Imagine to,
0: if you were in that home and it oh, just yeah. started flipping it across the field. You would just be in there rolling around with your couch and your fridge and your TV. Everything else. You know, else. like yep. how freaking scary is that?
1: The Weather Channel interviewed somebody, and I didn't catch the gentleman's name. Um, one of those things where he was lucky to survive. He was on his couch, had fallen asleep. Nighttime tornado comes through, he hears the wind, and then it goes eerily silent, and then, you know, wind starts bashing in the house. He gets picked up out of one chair, thrown onto his couch, and then the house kind of collapses on top of him, he's able to get out. Had he been in his bedroom, he would have probably been killed as a tree had fallen on it, and like the backside of the house was gone.
0: Wow. That is, there's some really crazy stories that come out of tornadoes, and that just tells you that... The wind inside of a tornado is not completely understood. Did you see the picture of the house that had been completely destroyed except for a little part of the kitchen? And there was a cake in the glass cake thing with the glass lid still sitting there, perfectly untouched, not moved, not chastled around, nothing. It was perfect. And I'm just like, but the whole house around it's destroyed.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And And that's
0: just crazy to me.
1: It's just one of those things where it just, it's in the right place at the right time and it just, it happens. It happens. So, yeah, and
0: that just tells you the wind in a tornado is erratic and you really just don't know what it's going to do.
1: It's true. It is true.
0: Me, that says there's a very small eye of a tornado where there's a calm right in the middle that's what that has to mean to me
1: it's got to be it's got to be and you know either wind deflects it around and that's why you don't have the you know the cake stand blow over but you know like you said the winds are erratic
0: it's a lucky cake i feel like they need to eat it
1: right maybe like
0: that's the universe saying like this is a magic lucky cake eat it i would eat it
1: i would too I would too. Well, we wanted to hop on and just do a special edition of the show, kind of recap what happened on Sunday. We will talk a little bit more about it in depth as we come up to our next episode here coming up this weekend, and then we'll talk about the storms that once they left finally the south, they moved off to the east coast. But, Bonnie, it's been a great, uh, it's been a good early start to the storm season. I don't want to say great, but it's been good. Um, We hope to have more action like this, and thankfully, you know, we didn't have the amount of of death and destruction that you know could have come from this had it not Mm -hmm. been a situation where we were all home and had access to uh you know weather radios and such. But uh storm season's here, so please be prepared.
0: Yes. Please be prepared. And like you said, we'll talk more on Sunday. Um we'll also talk about uh this mid April snow that Oklahoma just had on Sunday as well.
1: I cannot wait to get into that because that is gonna be fantastic. Um, yeah, because we're not sure yet what season we are. We know we're in chase yeah. season, but what what chase season are we in? So,
0: But I just want to point out, what have I been saying for weeks? Yep. That every year in April, we get that one last shot of winter.
1: It does happen. Every time. It does happen. Well, we will talk to you guys in just a couple days. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys very soon.
0: Bye.